And we're back. Uh, episode two, season two, big uh, big layover, layoff period there in between. Uh, rightfully so, but we're back with finally a decent amount of content going in here to uh, Catchers and Pitchers reporting today, tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. February 12th. Oh. We are one day away from the official start of spring training. Exactly. I think they're all down there today. I, yeah, it, it'd be weird to like f- actually fly in the day that you're supposed to report. <laughs> Everybody's getting that uh, that major league scene of checking out your bunks and exactly. figuring out where you're sleeping for the week. In the huge open space that apparently is what baseball was like <laughs> in the 1987 season. But uh, with that, back with episode two, season two, Fire Territory podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your co-host Woody, and with me is co-host Dave. Dave, how are we doing? We are... Ready for baseball is is where we're at. I think our softball team had its uh, – we registered today as well. Registration day. Registration yes, day. Big. We're up. We're in. We're back. Twins are starting to play some baseball. I think the first game is February 21st against the vaunted University God, of Minnesota early. Golden Gopher ooh, ooh. baseball team. So we're, we're right here. It's February. We are ready to talk about uh, – in a very exciting offseason for the hometown club here – uh, and as we're doing this, I think one of the one of the things that I'm excited for this upcoming season, not only all things twins related, but I think we found ourselves into a little bit of a wormhole uh, with relations to the products that are sitting to my right and your right. Oh yeah. So if during this podcast, I think if there's some background noise, it's simply us rifling through baseball cards, and I think you have a small blaster box of football cards. I do. I do. Because the Super Bowl just happened, and. I still have yet to pack a Kyler Murray rookie card, which is a goal I did weirdly set for myself during the NFL season that I did not accomplish. I feel like this this uh, going into this off season, uh, there's been a lot of lot of things to watch twins wise, and we'll certainly get into that. But even more so is we have we have we have danced uh, with the devil here, and we are firmly on the path of uh, supporting the hobby, so to say. Yeah. With uh, multiple trips down to our local card shop at Three Star. Uh, down in Bloomington. Bloomington, Minnesota. Check them out if uh, you need. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless if, plug yeah, for if, if you need cards or if this podcast needs maybe a sponsor. You know, either way. If we are open yeah. to suggestions. But it's been it it's it's been back into it. I think mine started uh, during the season last year. Uh, some random Twitter giveaway. I ended up with a 2019 Topps uh, Heritage Ooh. Nelson Cruz that nice. I won in one of those retweet and yeah, get yeah. this. And I... I I won that, and it just—I feel it's opened up the floodgates, which has become uh, kind of a joint venture here. And I think we're celebrating that. Yes. Not only as we talk about baseball, we are actively uh, ripping open some of these boxes and trying to keep it in a couple lanes so it doesn't get out of control from my standpoint. Uh, so I'll be doing the heritage uh, as we go through here. We'll make note if there's anything of import that we stumble across here yeah. most likely these blaster boxes from target will leave us uh cold and you know <laughs> out one, to dry but and one you know. more as, as as they usually do but yeah um, <laughs> with that though with catchers and pitchers reporting tomorrow yeah uh finally learning that one pitcher that was supposed to report then not supposed to report and then told that 
because of his shoulder and elbow, maybe you do need to report, is now officially not reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we had important dates going down, but just quickly off the top, because it is recent, uh, what was your favorite Brewstar Gratterall? Uh, Brewstar Gratterall moment, I think, out of all of, I think, that last, the postseason series against the Yankees, I think Gratterall actually performed decently. I think he was coming in to mop That's in, yeah. mop up one or two innings. I feel he he got a chance. Uh, Bruzdar favorite moment though, outside of you know, shutting down the Yankees when nobody else could shut down the Yankees during that that postseason run uh, last year. I think it, it was a couple moments right away at the tail end of that season when he first got called up mm-hmm. and he was just lights out, throwing smoke, um, hit a hundred and. 203 on a, on a radar gun, I think, yeah. and in the bigs. Yeah. So uh, outside of those on-the-field moments, uh, we're just kind of wondering what our cousin Scotty's going to do with his extensive bruised arc Gratterall. At least three, if not four, that he now needs to, to move to. <laughs> Offload the, to see if the there's LA some area. interest yeah, in yeah, yeah, the yeah. L.A. Dodgers <laughs> system. Where, where, do the, uh, where do the Dodgers have their spring training? Are they uh, – they're, they're, they're Arizona. Okay. Yep. Uh we're gonna be down in Arizona. Maybe it's time to swing through that way and just pay our respects to Bruzdar. Uh, so but tip, yeah, tip of the cap. Yeah, uh, that's been the latest moment move here in what's been a what's been an action packed off season for the Twins, and it's been one that when it first broke uh, with Boston taking on Gratterall mm-hmm. and a three team, four team with Jock Peterson supposedly at that time going over to the Angels. Um, it was a move that I, from the get-go, was very excited about, and I felt it was one of those, it was a win-now move for for the Minnesota Twins, and it was kind of an indication that this front office was ready and willing to move a prospect like Gratterall yep. to find somebody that bolsters us in that area we need help the most with, which, in my opinion, was and still is starting pitching. Yes. So it was, I'm sure, Bruzdar had that moment last year, um, he does carry some injury history, and certainly the Twins felt that he had a violent motion. I think delivery was yeah. what their pitching staff had re- had designated for for him, and moving him to the bullpen. So the the kerfuffle that happened afterwards, I was I was very upset with with Boston from a standpoint of they seemed to be trying to get more out of this than uh, they had originally signed up for. So. I was very pleased that we were able to find a way to make it work. And for Gratterall's sake, too, uh, he kind of was left in the wilderness there for a little bit. So I think this this allows him to have a kind of second shot. Wish the best to him. Happy he's not in the AL as well. Wish nothing but more harm to befall most of the Boston organization. And so happy to have uh, another solid right-hander who really could – a lot of people are talking about how he could flourish in the American League. Yeah, uh, with his stuff um, and how we could utilize him a little bit differently than maybe the, maybe the Dodgers did. Yeah, no, that's what I was, I, I was at a uh, football coaching clinic over the past weekend, and that was kind of the, uh, the like the theme of the uh, the week or the theme of the clinic was why why did we trade Gratterall and then yeah. turn into especially for Kenta Maeda and then turn into like. Then it became like you could tell we started identifying who played fantasy baseball. Yep, it, yep. It, within the football coaching community of high school football in Minnesota, which is eh, not great to begin with. But it's no high school basketball. Hey, uh, I wish it was. But <laughs> and and then slowly it was like all these like super analytical nerds that are probably a bunch of like special teams coordinators are like, well, you know, Kent Maeda like wasn't really utilized great in L.A. And it's like, oh man, I but he doesn't throw 103 though. In this, the one thing that I really liked seeing with with Maeda. 
especially was uh, a lot of the comparisons, his strikeouts per nine mm-hmm. are, they surpass, I think Bumgarner, he has a kind of a, uh, a better stat line in that approach. Yeah. So he's got some swing and miss stuff. He's got a great, he's got three great pitches. It sounds like he's got a great, uh, or a really good off-speed set with this changeup yep. and slider. So, you know, positive ex- um, statistical analysis bears out that he's he's going to be a really a, a good fit for middle of the rotation, maybe yeah. front end if we're if we're if we're firing on all cylinders, but really just slots in really nicely as number three. And the other big part of that is it's such a team friendly contract. You've oh, locked yeah. this guy up for what is it? Three point two five is the base salary. Yep. Lots of incentives with that, which great if you're hitting incentives, good for you, and we're happy to pay for that. That's why they're there. Um, but he's locked up under team control till twenty twenty three or twenty twenty two. We've I've got the the roster. I want to say it wasn't more than three years. I feel like it was through twenty twenty two, but we had like a couple arbitration years in there, I believe. Um. But yeah, no, I think with a guy like him, and especially if you're sitting there thinking, listen, we we really still like through 2023. Oh man, that's never mind. I take that back. Then it's better. <laughs> but like you look at it, to tweak this a little bit. Uh, we between Barrios, between Odorizzi, right? Yeah. Figure we didn't need to bring a guy in that could push those guys. We needed a third guy or a clear ace, and mm-hmm. then you bump those guys down and mm-hmm. say, hey, hey, Barrios, we think you're middle of the road one. You're a high end two. Odorizzi, we we think you're like a high end two. You're a the best three in 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 baseball, and so we stick with the 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 first kind of pattern there, of going one two with those guys, and then a guy like Maeda. The only thing I'm a little worried about, and granted, I don't know if it has ever really shown up that much, is uh, we don't have other than forty year old Rich Hill, like a left handed starter. Yep. And like other than again like Lewis Thorpe, I don't really think we have one coming up either. So. That's the only thing I kind of get a little worried about is what are we going to do there if, granted, it might mean a little bit different. Is this a year that we can now – relievers have to pitch to three batters? Yes. So, right. That new rule is – Yeah, so is the specialty is not yep. like a, a huge thing anymore. But even so then, of like, then aren't lineups going to just kind of throw like lefty, lefty, lefty against us and then, you know, three, four, five or something like that if you have the available or, you know, opportunity to do that. Again, we might be, you know, not really – you know, we're, we're kind of really reaching for stuff here. But that was like the one thing I kind of was a little, eh, about the trade of. I wish it would have been a lefty, especially with Homer Bailey pretty much penciled in at the four. Mm-hmm. And then between Pineda or Rich Hill, pretty much, who gets here first? Is yep. your suspension up yep. first or is Rich Hill back from uh, kind of offseason uh, yeah. injuries? It, I don't know. And then, that, and then that's that space for for Thorpe for um... – that idea of Dobnak or Smeltzer mm-hmm. are all kind of in that mix yep. the, of that that fifth starter. Which, again, when you're talking about what's what to watch here in spring training, that seems to be one of those. Who's going to be your fifth? Who's going to break camp? Um, is Thorpe got that by de facto of having the lefty arm? I, th- I was just wondering too with with the way the bullpen's set up, and I'd really like to get into that a little bit later on too. But is there coverage? I mean, that we have a this bullpen. I feel is the another sneaky underrated part of. Sure, we, we've got the rotation pretty much locked up, but you do have a bullpen that is really, on paper, supremely serviceable. This is the best bullpen help. we've had maybe it, ever. It, I, it's just depth-wise. Yeah. You're kind of, And a lot of these guys really came into their own this last season, and that tail end of the season really were a big part of the Twins' success. And to dial that back up again this year with bringing back Romo, mm-hmm. uh, bringing in Taylor or uh, Tyler Clippard, and having Rogers anchoring that whole thing. That was another part about losing Bruzdar was kind of 
okay, that that's tough. But this bullpen is still rock solid yeah. without Brewstar. And Brewstar was going to the pen. Yeah. Like he's not – He exactly what you mentioned. I mean, there is reports out that – I mean, I don't monitor every uh, minor league slash uh, baseball, like, roster attribute website. But his weight ranged from, like – 220 to 275 and Big they guy. didn't really know yep uh so that's another thing where it's like he's got this you know he's 6'3 it's not like he's 5'8 275 not a Bartolo Cologne guy going out there or anything but it was a hey what does happen if his arm explodes for the second time yeah and that's a real yep. concern and it's not like a supernatural delivery we do have Duran who's a hard thrower too yep and yep. what do you do with him going forward so I I you know the more you sit there and think about it you're like that's eh, not bad you just kind of wish that you hear about like like the Dodgers for example they trade two pretty low end prospects and they get back Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. We trade a pretty decent, not again, not top fifty, but a decent prospect, and we get Kenta Maeda back. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those weird things where you're kind of like, I just wish we were on the receiving end of like a huge name coming back when we do give up some prospects that are decent. Yeah. Uh, instead of you know we're usually the team giving up the the big name for the decent prospect. Yeah, and it, I also the other big thing is it's just such a change in kind of what we're used to because i don't think the twins have ever gotten to that point where they're willing to deal these prospects either like yeah, th- yeah. i mean our approach the twins the twins organization approach has been ride these prospects until hopefully they can become something and i mean that that goes to the the buxton snow era here with barrios i mean this, those are your guys we didn't ever move any of them so to see us moving a piece in order to get a piece that we we feel confident or that i should say the twins organization feels confident can help them now yep is again just more indication like winning now they can have a peace of mind because they know that there is those other arms waiting in the wings that might project better as starters too and again like we said this bullpen i'm just i pull it up here with rogers may clippard romo duffy latell dobnik and then figure in some of those guys that are on the outside looking in for the starting rotation your thorpe um, smelter, whoever wants to kind of help out and yeah, bring yeah. an arm in there. It, that, that's just, it seemed like Ratterall was also a luxury that we could afford to move at this moment in time, too. Oh, for sure. Just because we have this depth and there is still a lot in the farm system. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Who ended up heading over to uh, Boston? The Jeter kid? Jeter Downs, right? Jeter Downs. And then the Wong, the catcher. Yep. And uh, I think Jeter Downs became just as a result of the move, the number one prospect in Boston's yeah. organization. Yeah. So it just it speaks to the health of the Twins' uh, farm system as well. It's what I think commonly you'll see at top ten in terms of yep. rankings. And a couple of those names we're really hoping might actually have a chance to come up and do some damage oh, yeah. this year with Kirloff, Lewis, and LaRanche uh, giving some options and in, in space here. And maybe if this team is clearly indicating that they're willing to move some prospects, are we also in an kind of watch mode if there does become that number one number two arm that could really mm-hmm. supersede an Odorizzi and Berrios to be the number one starter to be the ace of this team in a late season move because also is this the first year where there is no extended trade deadline so there's I, the, I think that was last year it started where okay. there was no the waivers August yeah. waivers it, yeah, it's, yeah it's just this was moving Bruzdar for Maeda is an indication of win now and also really I feel sets us up to be very confident that this organization and this front office would be willing to make another move mm-hmm. akin to this. So I think there's, and that's the thing that when I looked at when the kind of the dust all settled on this and I, I get that the trade technically happened yesterday, 
as recorded on the 11th here, and technically through the, on the 10th is when Maeda was officially uh, traded for Gratterall for us. Um, and a couple, I think we had to end up giving them a couple other prospects with it, right? We, uh, yeah, one more, one more, one other player who was kind of the to be named. We mm-hmm. we received a catcher from the Dodgers, okay. and then we also surrendered this year's 67th pick. Yeah, so like late round, weird yeah, second yeah. Per round protected pick. Yeah. So yeah, we kind of dust all settles. We had like really over a week to kind of digest this. Luke Rayleigh. Yep. Yep. Who's like 25. So it was yep. one of those things where it's like, eh, hopefully you, you just have an opportunity there. You're not probably cracking on the roster here, but. When you look at how many arms we have that are either like bullpen ready now or going to experiment with the bullpen, and then we're going to kind of see what we do with Odorizzi in the offseason kind of stuff. Um, like we have a real chance at like going after somebody. Yeah. I think it's, you know in July. I think last year is a little bit more wishful thinking of we're going to have to surrender one of the big two, if not both, in Lewis and Kreloff, and to just flat out get through that period and not lose either. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously not bring anything back, but like. To be able to say, yeah, we didn't do that. Is now we're sitting there like, listen, do we feel like Lewis is significantly better than Polanco? If we do, then okay, then Polanco becomes with a really friendly contract yeah. with three and more years after this year, I believe. Someone mm-hmm. we could move again. You and we have so many again, just young arms that hey, do you need bullpen help this year with a guy maybe can start? Um, a guy like Trevor May, who's going to yep. be kind of not odd man out. He's going to be on the team, but it's going to be when. I don't know if he's the first guy up in the seventh, eighth inning anymore. I think it's kind of one of those things. There's, there's competition there. So it's a team that's in a wild card race saying, you know, we could really use a May for our eighth inning guy and give up something. And then we package something to go get a, you know, probably not like DeGrom level, but maybe like a Syndergaard level of if we feel, hey, let's go get another guy and let's go get another pitcher. Or we need another bat somewhere. So, you know, if a hole opens up there, I feel like we're in February in a really good spot to be in July figure out what we want to do and then be able to go do it yeah and I, I like that point of being able to get through this offseason with your top top guys I was in I don't know if Gratterall was he was never quite part of that conversation of being mm-hmm. the top tier of twins prospects but you still have them in place so there's just plenty of options out there uh and I, I just I love that you brought up uh, Polanco's contract I quick pulling up looking at baseball reference and seeing that Kepler and Polanco are under contract till 2023 <laughs> and Jorge Polanco is set to be paid a total of 7.5 million in that 2023 year whereas Kepler 8.5 yeah and and Maeda's right there with him he's at three uh 300 three million in in change with tons of incentives but again I, these they have they have options they have people waiting in the wings mm-hmm. i think for the long part of the offseason there was lots to talk about is eddie rosario going to be one of those individuals that you're looking to move he's got one year left of arbitration but and the kind of thing crazy thing with maeda uh being 32 pretty much when the season starts it's like april that he turns 32 so we have three more full four more seasons with him yep. through 2023 yep 2021 22 23 so through four seasons right so he's gonna be 35 36 mm-hmm. as a free agent like there's a really good chance that if we just say listen somewhere halfway between arbitration years we're just going to give you four years and 60 million dollars and you know what you're guaranteed 60 million dollars do you really want to be a 35 36 year old pitcher who doesn't have a plus fastball who relies a lot on other stuff to go get that kind of money and if we have Maeda pitching at a let's call it like a 15 win maybe like sub four era sub 1.2 whip kind of like level all of a sudden now we have like okay between Barrios, who's going to cost us a lot yep 
Odorizzi, I'm not sure what we're going to do, but we for sure have a three, and now we can kind of play around with it. Yeah. Like, it's looking like, hey, I kind of see what they were kind of doing here when, when they it, said. It, and it seems to be that not only have they built some, you know, this season, obviously, it's it's kind of a win now, but it this is not just this season as a window. Yep. It, it's, it's, it's a window of opportunity that extends several seasons just with the – the nature of these contracts still having a super young core with your with your Buxton with Barrios mm-hmm. with Sano and and seeing where they're going to be at and we haven't even talked about the biggest impact signing the Twins maybe have ever made in the new third baseman Josh Donaldson who also is under contract through 2023 yeah four years huge exactly how you put it biggest signing right not mm-hmm. our own guy uh, guy you bring in via free agency or even trade I don't know if we've ever I think done we, this. We talked about this kind of last year with uh, Cruz's con- with Cruz yep. signing here, and if this was if that's the most uh, the biggest free agent acquisition the Twins had gotten to that point, mm-hmm. and I think we had kicked around the names of uh, Jack Morris and his time here, and Jim Tomey, some of the bigger figures in the last twenty years, but yep. n- none of that, all of that pales in comparison to getting Donaldson, albeit not at the absolute prime of his career, but still. You know, he was the name out on the market at that time. Yeah. We were in conversations with several other big clubs and clubs that are have windows and opportunities right now to bring him in. And, and the Twins won out because they were willing to offer that money, and he chose to come here. And it's just – it's 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 a brave new era mm-hmm. for this organization. You signed Donaldson. You traded a prospect. You are thinking about winning now, and you understand this window and this opportunity. That's that just gives me so much to be positive and optimistic about. And I, I, am That's what I have been so excited about this off season. Mm-hmm. Is, is that that Donaldson move seemed to just move the needle? Remember, we were stuck. Oh. Where like it was like okay, so we signed Rich Hill and Homer Bailey. Uh, Odorizzi came back. That's cool. Uh, shoot, we've got the White Sox making moves left and right. Oh, man. What the heck are we going to be doing? Yeah. And then the Donaldson thing hit, and it was like, awesome. We, we, we're we there. We're doing this. They recognize this window. And then on top of that, then followed by the Maeda deal, that's what that's where I'm sitting right now is just this, okay, they understand what's going on, and they're willing to do something about it. So <laughs> entering into the day before, pitchers and catchers really go to work here. Uh, optimism is flying high on this side of the table. As it should be, exactly. Kind of just kind of doubling down on a few points there where it's just like it for so many years we were the team that didn't do this. We were the team that you heard the contract week after whether it's a year, whether it's a couple weeks of all they offered him was I think our offer was at four years ninety four, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. I might mm-hmm. be slightly off by a little bit, but uh we were always the team that offered the four year sixty six and we were so confused at why he didn't take it. Yeah. This year we're like, you know what? We from what it sounds like tested the waters on Bumgarner. I think he wanted to hit. I think he wanted to bat, and that was a real concern. Or he wanted to go to a true American League contender, which, hey, we're we're in the playoffs. But, like, again, I get it. If you're looking at us and saying, you guys haven't made a World Series since 91. You haven't made it out of the wild card round since 2002. Like, I get it. It's one of those things Mm -hmm. of... Yeah, if you want to go do that, or he wants to go stay on the West Coast bat, stay in the the yeah. I believe he's in the the West still for NL with Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the Donaldson hit, man, it's a guy who for the first two years of the, the contract will still be a plus defender, and then we'll kind of see. Um, he's a guy that allows us to not have to sign a first baseman, 
yep. which is a really yep. tough market of what do you want? Do you want a guy that can kind of hit for average, will put the ball over the fence a little bit, uh, kind of like a Hosmer type, mm-hmm. which he went for like $160 million in the offseason. Yep. Or do you do you want a guy? C.J. Crone. <laughs> yeah, C.J. Crone, who maybe he'll hit 45 home runs, maybe he'll be injured for the last 60 games of the year. Yep. And yep. it's like, hey, I don't – All Grant, the Detroit. Yeah, and, and Grant, the C.J. injury probably wasn't necessarily 100% his fault either, but – um, I think that's kind of what you get. A guy that's going to bat about 250, 260, and again, might maybe get you 30 plus. But I think this allows us to say, you know, we already have that in Miguel Sano, and we're already going to have to pay him a decent amount of money for the next couple of years. Let's go. Here's a guy that might be bottom three worst defensive third baseman in all of baseball. Yep. Let's get him out of there. Yep. And so it's kind of like a win-win of in-house. We already got a guy. And I think we, we've we've talked about this before too, but that idea that Donaldson signing. I mean, not not only the projected 30. 30 bombs a year, mm-hmm. 80, 90 RBI, but he is such an upgrade over Sano at third. That yeah. that and you need that stability at third because Polanco is or a Polanco. He's not the greatest shortstop out there defensively and to have Donaldson covering a little more territory, a little more effectively, you've just made your ball club better on the left side. Yep. And like you said, moving Sano over to a place where we can maybe hide some of those that aspect of his game and allow him to even that first base we can move in marwin we can do a lot of different things and it gives us another i just felt that gave us so much more options because i think first is one of those positions that i don't know where they're at with these younger players coming up too is this Mm -hmm. a chance that some of them can get some first base at bats and cover some things there it it it's great. I that that defensive part of this upgrade with Donaldson, I thought was one of the the most exciting parts yeah. about that. That just helps you out. It's a move that's made your club better. Exactly. And you look at kind of what's the future with Nelson Cruz? You have him this year. He's forty, going on forty one. I, I hope he's one of those weird guys. I'll compare him to Barry Bonds here, just in the age department of Barry Bonds had like his best season at like age forty two. It's yeah. It's yep. you know it's you know twelve million for that. Just come on <laughs> hey, back. Come hey, on back, Nelson. Fine with me. Take Honestly, a pay cut to come yeah. back after a season where <laughs> let's see. Uh <laughs> 2019 41 home runs, hit three eleven, hundred and eight RBI. I think that if, if I had to go top five for like things that were like were most appalling from like a homer standpoint point of Minnesota sports fans, how he didn't get more nods or like consideration for AL MVP is beyond me. Yeah. Uh, if you again, I I think it's the games played that got him because he had to. I think he sat out like thirty eight ish games, and maybe it was just one of those things of we're not giving an MVP to a guy that plays seventy five percent of the season. He finished ninth in the MVP. Yeah, and I, it's just one of those weird things. He did my, win a silver slugger for whatever that's worth. Yeah, for, yeah. which hey, for forty year old, it's worth a lot thirty nine or whatever. But uh, here's a guy that his numbers. Per 162, I think he then was supposed to hit, like, I believe it was supposed to be, like, 54 home runs and have, like, 144 RBI. Yeah. It was just, like, this really yeah. crazy <laughs> stat line. of like, okay, if he plays 155 games, he's hitting 50 home runs. It's It, it, it's just, it was just great. And, again, for who batted 311. It wasn't like he batted, like, 270 doing this. And it's like, okay, he's just swinging for it. His OPS is over 1,000. Yeah. Just incredible and i think when we were sitting around about this time last year or whenever we, we signed him officially it was kind of that if this guy can hit 275 with 35 mm-hmm. homers mm-hmm. even 30 is fine and get us 85 rbi understand he's not gonna play every day and then he goes and just let's just go back to that projection i'll gladly take that yep. this year yep. especially knowing we have donaldson's bat there now we have two guys protecting sano and with kepler really kind of like getting a little bit of protection both ways and helping each other out. Uh, Sado can take – I bet he's going to sit 30 to 40 games again uh, in terms of uh, Cruz sitting out. 
Snow can take those DH spots. Mm-hmm. Now we can test Kepler, Garver. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we just need a fourth outfielder that has flexibility, Kirillov, if yep. he's a guy that we feel can do that role as well, yeah. he can take some first base stuff. We have all of a sudden now like kind of this like clear like path for the next three to four years of here's what we're going to try to figure out and do. Here's the guys we have under contract, especially with the guy like Kirillov is going to make about $3 million combined over the next three years. We're set. And it maybe Cruz does come back next year, which if he keeps producing, I'll keep bringing him back. I have really no issue doing that. And it's one of those deals where it's like, man, this all of a sudden looks really, really good in terms of when we start talking about three through six in our lineup. Yeah. Uh, Kirilov did play uh, 35 games at first this last at Pensacola in okay. double-A ball. I know it's kind of between him and Kepler of what are we going to do? We kind of have we have the th- – and Eddie. What are we going to do with Rosario and left, which can – a guy like Royce just moved to the outfield. That's that's a thought, too. Buxton, hopefully, is center field for the next three to five years, oh, and then we'll kind of figure out the contract stuff after that. It's coming down to Kirillov and Kepler. One's probably going to first. One's staying in right field. What are we going to do? And right now, we have plenty of time, and we have plenty of bodies to figure it out. And mm-hmm. that's, I think, twins of 10, 15 years ago, we would have pretty much had – this better work, otherwise we're kind of in trouble. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's like, if it doesn't work, we still can figure some stuff out. And that that was this all kind of comes back to that idea of Margo and Marlon mm-hmm. Gonzalez is kind of that fix-all player that you that yep. you know you're gonna use to cover some injuries here. And I don't think he's the only player of that variety because also, I think, uh, fan favorite uh, want all the best for Williams Astadio. But what helps his game the most is that he can also slot into a lot of these things, and yep. he also might be out of a job too because of all the options you just laid out and the twins being like you know love everything that you've done for the organization mm-hmm. Williams but unless you're clearly going to be you know if we have that need for number three catcher or basically a hybrid 2A yep. just him and Avila going back and forth and getting a lot of time if Garver's then asked to just hey use the bat we'll fit you in when you when we yeah. can catching yeah. wise but that's kind of his best option but he is another player that gives you another round of another degree of flexibility so that that gonzalez astadio as well as this young core waiting in the wings and just just for the sheer fun of it uh here's your 2020 projected lineup (laughs) with let's just uh we'll use maybe one or two of their offensive projections here you got kepler who off of last season projecting out around 29 home runs uh looking at roto champ here uh followed by jorge polanco who (laughs) is you know, following up on last year's success, and he's going to be that a table setting, uh, leading your teams and runs scored, unless Nelson Cruz hitting third or Josh Donaldson hitting fourth also touches the plate over 80, 90 times just because they've hit the ball out of the park 40 times each. So it goes Kepler, Polanco, Cruz, Donaldson, Rosario, Garver, Arise, Sano, and Buxton. Like, if you are coming in here and you're the – I don't know, the Rich Hill equivalent or Homer Bailey equivalent who's now asked to start a game for Kansas City in the <laughs> middle of the summer, and you have to look at this lineup coming up against you? Like, I, it's That is just reading. I, I love just taking a moment and just reading back through that and being like, oh, yeah, Arise is here, and if they do de-deflate the balls or go back to the original ball and you actually really need a guy that's going to get on base and put the ball everywhere, mm-hmm. oh, you might have one of the best – players in baseball at doing that an old-fashioned slap hitting second baseman who was probably my second favorite twin last season behind Nelly 
I, I'm just quick glancing at the uh, hashtag always royal Kansas City Royals roster right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I honestly cannot. Who do, like, I, there's a couple guys I'm like, I'm pretty sure. But to be fair, I cannot honestly tell you one of their pitchers if he's a starter or if he's a reliever. The entire roster could be starters, or the entire roster could be relievers. I have no idea. I mean, they had success with relievers in the past, so this this is true. Usually, usually when they throw 102 and then go to the next team and throw all of a sudden magically 94, but um, I don't know. Maybe they might want to look into that and where Houston got that idea from. But hey, well, yeah. yep. hey, listen, they're not taking World Series rings away from anybody. They're they're seemingly just saying we're just going to punish the the manager and the GM. So, as one Mets fan said. I hope all my players on the Mets start taking HGH tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm quickly looking to see if I can find this uh, Kansas City uh, roster prediction here. But uh, on that note of kind of – it's been a crazy offseason for baseball in general. Um, we have Mookie moving as part of this Maeda mm-hmm. deal, uh, and then the sign-stealing scandal that has, I think – pretty much dominated the narrative for baseball the offseason yeah and i think here in minnesota we're 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 a little removed from it because we've you know anything that gets us a chance to not dwell on the yankees series um is huge for us and you know exciting offseason gets us excited about this but i think for the rest of baseball where do you do you get a sense of where maybe non-baseball fans are at after the astro scandal because I, I feel it's 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 pretty damn damaging yeah. for baseball, and especially the lack of severe punishments handed out, like you mentioned, uh, that 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 casts a little bit of a mm-hmm. shadow over this season, which is is tough for me as a Twins fan because I'm so excited about this season. Exactly, but I but I acknowledge that there is some there are some clouds over baseball, which which go beyond the the scandal here for Boston and mm-hmm. uh, the Astros. Yeah, I think. When you look at Manfred and what he's kind of done, especially the last three years of really pushing this pace of play moment or movement of really saying, listen, we're trying to get fan engagement back. I want to, this stat might be a little old now. I want to say it was about a year and a half ago that I was looking it up that uh, soccer in America had already surpassed hockey and that by this year, actually it might have been 2019, um, was going to pass baseball in terms of market share of sports like fans. And they said, listen, I don't think MLS or soccer in this country – even expects to ever compete with basketball and football, but they were always like, if we can get number three and get really healthy there. Uh, and why I say that is looking at bat, like looking at it on the other side of baseball, where you really need to get some of these people back, and the in the attention spans of the younger fans of the younger generations are just not there, and the game is relatable to them. Um, I think this is a real issue of oh well, again now we look at all the reason that the good teams are good is just because they cheat. Yeah, and when you start using that as your narrative of going forward and then what are they going to do about it? Oh, it seems like everyone cheats and that's what everyone does. Uh, it's, it, it's kind of a little bit to me, honestly, as both a really big baseball fan, but also really big fan of sports in general, kind of weird when you compare it to other leagues. I feel like this is something that should have just been like, here's a, here's a great talking point that again, maybe more under the all publicity is good publicity. There's no such thing as bad public publicity mm-hmm. type thing of, just hammer them. Give them the death penalty. Just take everything from them. And really, like, have that as your story of, listen, we caught these guys, and if another team does it, we're doing something similar, and that story is going to dominate headlines of, look at what they did. Was it too harsh? Was it whatever? Yeah. Um, and gr- what I really think it is, and this is the real unfortunate part of when you start connecting all the dots, is 
when they start talking about what was in that report and what they saw, I think what they realized was, oh shit, every team does this yeah. of some sort. And if we yeah. punish them, then they're going to complain about the other teams and what are we going to do? And that's going to destroy it. So you don't want, unfortunately, we're going to have to take, bite the bullet here and kind of like uh, Daryl Morey tweeting, uh, staying with Hong Kong stuff of, <laughs> we're just going to have to ride this one out and we're going to get trashed for it. But um, let's try to release a really bad uh, new playoff format instead and yeah, get them talking about was, something else. I was just pulling up that here and that the league's presentation, including the idea, like you mentioned, seven teams in each league mm-hmm. make the playoffs. The wild card games are replaced with a best of three wild card series. Playoff teams are seeded first by division winners, then by teams with the next four highest win totals, and on and on. And kind of, I felt this was met by a lot of exclamations about this is idiotic mm-hmm. and uh, upset about why would you mess with anything? But I, it sounds to me that baseball and especially this, this current, um, the uh, Manford and, and those around him are very cognizant about what do we need to do to kind of mm-hmm. bring back interest in everything. So it, it's, it's an interesting moment because I think here we need to constantly check that fact that, you know, we're pumped about our team rolling into this off out of a very, very exciting off season that really resulted in a couple of big moves that we've never seen before. But the state of the union is not great for baseball. And that is that is very, very troubling and something to kind of consider as Ryan carefully looks at his at an Easton stick rookie card, which burns one of my two rookies out of this box. <laughs> really not. That, that was that was the face. I was like, God damn it! I, was, I didn't know if that was an exciting one. No, I'm no, no. Over here looking at the uh, the uh, performers rookie for Ooh. Williams Astadio. So out of out of two boxes ripped so far with not much in them. No, no, no. Uh, I really should have gone with just the high number heritage, but it's fair. Here we are. Um, and we got we got roommates walking through here. Well, we'll post post studio slash hot tub run. Uh, I do recognize Danny Duffy uh, and Brad Keller. Okay, uh, so outside yeah. of that, Mike names recognize. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah right. Names are, are I'm, I'm all on the names, right? Mike Montgomery's there. Ian, Ian Kennedy's there. Brad oh, Keller's yep, a young yep. rookie. Brad Keller, I do know, is a starter. But like, that's my thing. Like, Ooh, Ian Kennedy here, is still a starter. Here, I don't know. The one that I'm looking at is fifth and final spot of the rotation is up for grabs between four pitchers. Yeah, and somebody's talking about that rebuild. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and I and and on that note too, baseball, bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, what's being done and what's yep. what's going to be the fallout here? Especially if Houston does end up back in the postseason, which, I mean, it, I don't think too much changed with that club. They're projected to still like 103 run right? away, uh, not necessarily run away. True, because the Angels have gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, still don't have any pitching. Yeah, it was. They're doing the classic in Los Angeles, though. Classic Anaheim Angel thing of let's just keep getting bats, and it's like okay, uh, you do know that like that's just one part of baseball, right? It, it feels very like Texas Tech football. Of, yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, we're gonna recruit like the best linebacker or out Texas, of this or Texas Ranger yeah. basketball or baseball too. It's like yeah, we're gonna recruit like one guy on on the defensive side and then we're just gonna go offense and we're just gonna try to outscore you and let's really hope that like and that's the thing that the angels do too is like they like uh rendon where it's like 31 year old third baseman gonna be really cool for about two years and then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you're gonna be like oh we got like five years left of this thing and he is not the same guy and now all of a sudden you're like you're in the same hole i do wonder of hey we got a guy in joe madden here who maybe we call up the Chicago Cubs and say, what do you want to do for Chris Bryant? 
mm-hmm. and then maybe we figure some stuff out. I know Rendon can play a little bit of first. I know uh, Bryant can play a little bit of left field. Yeah. And now it kind of says, you know, when Rendon hits that 33-34 age season, what do we do? Um, but, no, I, yeah, I just kind of – it's just like a classic, like, uh, we'll just get hitters and we'll figure it out. Yeah, in that to that point, uh, that is the last – that's the, still the last remaining chip to fall for baseball offseason, right, is the Chris yep. Bryant saga. Yep. Uh, is, am I missing anybody else that's still out there undetermined about – Kind of what they're doing next. Yeah. I think he's – the most noticeable or like kind of name out there of we could still move him in spring training some he could he could go somewhere else Lindor sounds like it's going to be a July thing mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and then after that it kind of goes into like again we start getting the same names in the same areas with uh I know there's a couple guys on the A's because they're always gonna be cutting salary there's gonna be uh what it does DeGrom want to stay in New York or does he want to take his money elsewhere yeah now that he got the extension does he want to be pitching for a contender when he's 32? Syndergaard, uh, can we pay him? On, on that note, again, checking out prog- projections according to Pakoda, uh, New York projected to very tight battle for the NL East, which is, holy crap, there are three really good clubs in the mm-hmm. NL East if the Mets are uh, driven by the polar bear and, and a couple really good arms still in that rotation up against the Nats and the Braves, who – are all uh, Braves Nats both playoff teams this last year, and the yep. Mets kind of on the on the periphery now, kind of giving a nod to maybe challenging that division. And this just just an overview of baseball. Uh, you got Yankees set up to run away with things in the East on the American side. Tampa Bay still a decent club. Boston falling and kind of fading off. A, a young a young Jays club, yep. which is more of again we're just stocking away our Bobichet rookie cards over here. <laughs> um, and then Baltimore leading the charge to be the worst team in baseball yet again. Is I know it would mess up everything like from a geographical standpoint, but Baltimore has to be the leading contender to be moving to Las Vegas, right? Like who cares about baseball in Baltimore? Uh, that or, I thought Tampa Bay was always a leading oh, contender. Just okay, because they, yeah, because literally, who cares about baseball in Tampa Bay? But yeah. like Baltimore, at least you've done some things. And you have some history and yeah, Cal Ripken Jr. and well, whatever. But like recently, like your best player has been Chris Davis. Over the last twenty years, name a better order. Uh, uh, um, just went to Japan. Davis did no uh, outfielder. Oh, uh, Adam Jones. Yeah, Adam Jones. Was Adam Jones better than Chris Davis? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I feel like at least a longer stretch of time. I suppose. Yeah, he probably had that like five year like bump where he was probably like a 290, 25, 90 guy. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then gold gloves I mean, too. And Tejada was there. They had a brief moment where they were a playoff team. They've the had a couple like years. random brief moments yeah. with their playoff teams. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think it's like I think what hmm, that's a probably a better question. What team has not made the playoffs? Like or who the fewest times since two thousand. Uh, in in I think the, I don't think the Orioles are close to the bottom on the list. I think they're weirdly like kind of in there. Because like Buck Showalter got into the playoffs like three years in a row for some reason. Pittsburgh um, Pittsburgh ooh. might be right up in there. And that's that's a long drought. Pittsburgh. Other than those three years with Kansas City, they might be the other team there too. But either way, it's uh, San yeah. Diego. Oh, it's, it's been Padres? a long time. Yeah, they have they made it to a World Series twice, losing both times. It, since two thousand. No, no, not since okay. two thousand. It was that last that last run with one of the years with it was Padres Yankees, right? Yep. I want to say it was like yep. ninety eight or something. And that, right? that was four nothing or four one. Yeah, Trevor Hoffman. Yep. And, uh, Tony Ken Caminiti, oh. uh, supercharged team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other, I couldn't tell you the other one, but 
Padres might do some damage here. The team, actually, weirdly, that I'm most worried about comes from our own AL Central mm-hmm. and is not has not been relevant for, what, four years, I'd say, roughly, right? And yet, weirdly, still has some of the players, like, holding over from that like, yeah. in Abreu and whatnot. <laughs> yep. But uh, I, the White Sox, I, I think that, like, if the Twins aren't careful, they're going to be in a race in September, and that's a scary thing to be in. And not to say that, like, uh, I don't feel confident of that. I just worry that we're going to have to start worrying about other things. Like, this year it was such kind of like a, we're good, we're in, like, don't worry about it. And that, granted, it led to us getting swept. But it, it was at least like we could start doing stuff to get ready for it instead of having to, like, focus on, like, God, we really got to beat the Tigers this month, like, this week. It's like, I, I worry a little bit about that of just kind of, we talk about how deep we are. We're, we're deep with good to great level talent. We're yeah. not deep with elite, like, yep. excellent level talent. And that's where it gets a little scary. Uh, Timmy Anderson won a batting title last year. Jan Moncado is decent. Abreu is older. Mm-hmm. They brought in Grandal, Yasmini. Yep. Uh, Encarnacion, we all know the damage that he can inflict on the Twins. What terrifies me is that young outfielder and Eloy Jimenez. Yep. Who again apparently can just mash for days and he is projected to be one of their you know rising stars and i think is lewis robert also yeah. another yep. young stud and He's then there. you, you yeah. get to that dylan cease and lucas giolito which is kind of like one two all of a sudden and michael like, comes like a, back yep oh. and it's a it's a young uh chris sale kind of yep. and i don't know if that's not a comparable i don't know no i think well i think enough, literally young thing, literally like, young chris sale young of like chris sale of explosive oh. stuff and like if he figures it out he's gonna be one of the best for the next decade yeah yep. and that that's where that's where they seem and they've been toting this pipeline of talent to come up and really make this wave mm-hmm. and I, I think there's still some things that dallas keichel projected as your second starter is not going to put you over the edge unless keichel can somehow regain that form which he wasn't Stranger bad with Atlanta, happened. but he just wasn't he wasn't himself, which everyone kind of assumed. But like he's because everything was tailing off projection wise yep. for him anyway. Uh, and and they are projected as a club to finish third in this division, which I kind of also found fault with. Uh, you know, winning eighty three, eighty two games in Cleveland, still winning eighty six, which I feel I don't see it. I, I don't see it, especially if if they start losing and Lindor is more and more on that block. Lindor's gone in July. Like, so I don't, it, it's yeah. it's that that's one where I'm kind of like the White Sox are the true worry spot here for me as a Minnesota Twins fan. Looking up uh, win loss totals here on a sports book not based out of Minnesota for federal law, you know, circumstances. Welcome but. to Iowa. Oh, Iowa. I've never loved Iowa more for that stuff. Um, bad, bad, like, bad juice on it, but the over-under line for the White Sox is 83 and a half. Mm-hmm. I'd probably hammer the over on that, I, which is net minus 145. Uh, in terms of Cleveland, they're at 85 and a half. So it's a two-game difference between the two. I really don't see it, to be honest. Cleveland's pitching staff, you lose your ace for the last five yeah. years. I know he wasn't the same guy that he was three years ago, but he still had – when he was healthy and didn't get a baseball thrown or hit back at his elbow. Yep. Um, he still had I guess like, the twins, right? I think so. Like really early, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I I still think he's a top two pitcher on any staff in, in baseball, and he's gone. Uh, Shane Bieber now becomes your kind of ace guy. Uh, I Carrasco, whether or not it, it's one of those weird things of it. Here's a team that clearly is is holding on with the kind of working idea that we're still within our window but realistically we're not and it's where the tw- we've, the twins have been here 
Yeah. With the Josh yep. Willingham, Joe Maurer, Justin Moore, no teams, Michael Kadire teams, and all of a sudden we start trading pieces off left and right. Yep. Uh, we get it. And you know what? Those seasons ended always like 75 and like 90 or whatever the math adds up to. And so we've been there. I don't see it with Cleveland. I don't even need to really mention Detroit or Kansas City in that mark. But the White Sox, who have what a more recent world series than us have shown that they can they aren't scared of the big teams no they're not you know we're 0 16 in our last 16 playoff games i mean i think at least they've won a playoff game recently uh the last time they made it uh you still have a Bray who was a guy that before you know uh we got donaldson i was like hey i'll take him uh he's a you know a good bounce back guy and now you get to put him in there with him and as you get to put him in there with some of those outfielders i i have a legitimate like concern that they're going to be a 94 win team and if we screw around in like June or July or something like that, it could be a race come down to like September. Then, yeah, they yeah. have that. That's the top of their ceiling. Is yep. that ninety ninety four for wins sure for you? And I, and I think the top of our ceiling is a little higher. Yes, yes. And that's what that's what gives us this this higher win. You know, to say like we should be a ninety two, ninety three, ninety four win team. Yeah, they should be at an 82, 83, 84, 85 kind of in that. Mm-hmm. But there's that potential again for them. Yeah. And that's you know it, it's it's good to have something in the division. I think chasing you too, but it's tough to be on top all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, to be the defending AL Central champs and then having to fend off any uh, anybody nipping at your heels here. Yep. So it, it's a, another weird space for Twins fans to be in <laughs> here in the last uh, couple decades. Uh, yeah, and I, I just looking around the rest of the league, it was one other team that was kind of surprising me in terms of a supremely competitive division and never knowing what in the world's going to happen with the Brewers, the Cards, the Cubs, mm-hmm. but projected to take that division is the other team that has done more than anybody else this offseason, being the Cincinnati Reds. Really? Yep. So Pakota has them at 86 wins, Cubbies right behind them at 84, 85, Cardinals in the mix, and then the Brewers, too. Was, uh, was Joe Madden worth, like, five wins? Is that kind of what they're saying? Can you name the Cubs manager right now? Like, uh, yes, it's oh. the... Uh, the oh, catcher uh, yeah. uh, that Ross. Yep. Yeah. Yep. David Ross. Yep. 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 Uh, so th- that was the other looking around all throughout the league. That was kind of the one that's like, okay. Yeah. That's exciting. Like good for that. I, I, I appreciate that. I'd love to see San Diego to make some waves, but LA is going to run away with that thing with Mookie Betts, <laughs> the second best player in baseball. So good time to be a baseball fan in LA. Um, and yeah, that. Uh, other than that, it's just kind of like Tampa is expected to be that second best team mm-hmm. in the AL East. NL East should be kind of fun. NL Central should be fun. Um, and then our, our division too. We we keep an eye on yeah. the White Sox and just beat the crap out of the Indians. I, that I'm sure we're missing a point in saying that this pitching staff has been able to come back year after year, even when they lose those big guns yeah. and still be lights out. Yeah, Clevenger, so forth are still there. They're they're not gone. But yeah, like you said, if if your best player Lindor's gone by yeah. July, they they feel like some of those like mid two thousand Yankee teams, you know. Whereas like you seen a a weird like Andy Pettit's back. Uh, we have some young pitchers in uh, Jabba Chamberlain and Phil Hughes that we feel good about. <laughs> Jabba Chamberlain, <laughs> see him swatting away yeah. flies as he's <laughs> yeah. And it's like in our 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 core that won us you know four World Series is getting older, but they're still like service of players here's the difference between cleveland and new york though new york will keep paying guys and keep bringing guys in uh cleveland is seemingly trying to jettison mm-hmm. these guys out for mm-hmm. for kind of minor league talent or some sort of uh kind of return or yeah kind of be able to reset this when they look around the rest of their division and say look these guys are also they're exactly. not resting and or, you know, we don't have that 
that option yep. in the luxury. And they don't have Mariano Rivera in his prime. So, nope. like, it, it's one of those weird – but it kind of – when I'm looking at it, it's like, you know, it kind of feels like that where on any given day of the week, if we have to play Cleveland, they could come out and just be like, oh, man, this team is a 500 team, but Clevenger's has it today. Or, you know, like Carrasco just has it today. Or uh, I'm trying to think of uh, who's that third baseman and blanking on his Hanley name. Hanley Ramirez. Nope. Uh, not Hanley Ramirez. No, no. no um, yeah, good. Is point. Ramirez, though. Yes. Yeah. Why well, he has first name? I can see him. A little short guy, like 5'9". Anyways, uh, but Ramirez has blast two home runs on us or something. And it's just like, oh, man, like we're in for a long one. And it's mm-hmm. Homer Bailey giving up his yep. fourth run yep. in five innings. Yep. And it's like – Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez. Yeah, uh, and that and that's that's a great point because you, you look at that that four or five for the Twins and it's <laughs> it's not scaring you. But that that the part that hopefully helps you sleep at night is again yeah. look at our lineup and then when they get when they get to go up against Rich Hill or Homer Bailey, we also get to trot out Donaldson, Cruz, Sano, Rosario. Oh yeah, and on and on. So, oh man, weather app wants me to uh, allow it to search my uh, entire. I, there's nothing on this iPad. I should have let it and see what happens. Um, oh, that's right. iPads don't have a – see, again, faulty parts of iPads. They don't have a calculator app. But I was going to say, if as long as you look at our first top three pitchers, and obviously no one goes, you know, undefeated in pitching wins and no one goes, you know, defeated in pitching losses. Uh, but if you just kind of sit there and assume, listen, our top three guys, if we're, if we're sending those guys out there, we feel good about it. And – Let's see what we get out of the bottom two in Bailey, a combination of Bailey, Pineda, who you worry of the first half of the season last year, not on the juice, was really bad. And then all of a sudden started taking the juice and was really good. Was probably one of the more effective starters. Yeah. In, in and then the gets popped. So it's yep. one of those things of like now they're going to be kind of watching him too. I, I, I don't know, but it's, it's something to kind of think about. But if you say, listen, we just need to win 60% of our games, which if you go five, five starter rotation, right? If the top three guys are winning games, you're still winning 97 games a year. Yep. And that's that's all you really need to do to at least get in the playoffs. I don't know of a team that's won 97 games to not make it. So, yeah, Homer Bailey's not great. Yeah, we don't really know what we had to have out of 40-year-old Rich Hill or overweight Michael Pineda or some of these other younger guys, uh, Thorpe, Smeltzer, uh, you know, what whatnot. But if those top three guys do what we think they're going to do mm-hmm. and we have the bats to support them now, they don't have to go out there and throw seven innings of one-run baseball. 97 seems reachable. Yep. Uh, and th- this seems like a good point just to, to to bring that up in this idea of where do you see us fitting or kind of just right now that idea of it's, it's February, we're a day away from spring training starting. What do you think and what is a goal for you to project onto this team? Where, where would you like to see this team, I guess, win total-wise – and what does that mean mm-hmm. playoff wise yeah. for you? Other than 450 home runs uh, mm-hmm. for the team, <laughs> um, just shattering last year's uh, 307 or whatnot. Uh, no, I think re- I, I'd like to see us win 100 games. I, th- I think that's one of those things of, yeah, winning 92 and winning the AL Central and stuff and whatever. Okay, it's whatever. But being a 100 win team means you are a dominant baseball team throughout the season. I think that to do that in two consecutive years would be something that to me would say, you know, we were right on these guys. It wasn't a fluke year. It was no, mm-hmm. like the Keflers, Sano bouncing back, waiting on Buxton bouncing back, um, you know, signing Donaldson, uh, having Cruz there, like all these guys doing that. I think that means a lot. I, I really as well in terms of playoff projections, think we really need to be a top two seed. I don't think yeah. we need to be one. I also don't know if we're going to, 
you know, with the Yankees and their staff and their and their bats and things like that. And, and inevitably probably going to add somebody. And that's the scariest they thing about them. They might need to because they've got some injuries that have I think already hit them. The, the biggest thing I'm scared about is if Cleveland is sitting there around 500 in July and New York says you can have our top three prospects, we just want Lindor, they're going to do it. And all of a sudden now that team has with Lindor, Stanton, Judge, uh, Sanchez behind the plate, uh, LeMahieu, who was their best all-around hitter last year, like that, it becomes all of a sudden the Yankees are back to not to being the New York Yankees again with mm-hmm. that pitching staff too. Yep, with Phil Hughes, with Tanaka, who Phil seems Hughes. fine. Not Phil Hughes. <laughs> Maybe Phil Hughes. Yeah, way yeah, too much. yeah, no, yeah, way too much <laughs> Phil Hughes watching here. Jeez, uh, no, not not Phil Hughes. Um, with with, Cole. with Jer- Garrett Cole, their big their big signing. Uh, with Tanaka, with who's the guy that got? Is he coming back? Uh, yeah, he's still suspended. Severino is yeah. coming back, but they just lost uh, their not not half, but uh, they lost a starter just recently to injuries for a couple months here coming up. Okay, um, I was thinking of Domingo Herman, who is suspended until early June as well. Still, okay, so you uh, still have him in the playoffs, though. So Paxton, whatever. Paxton's oh, the yeah, one who's yeah. out for four months yep. now. Which just think of the five pitchers we just named there of in the playoffs. You're going to go Cole. Tanaka, Paxton, Herman, and then that usually don't pitch five. Yeah, and Severino is Severino. Yeah. In that 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 being said, we do know that there is one team in in the AL that that can throw better arms at them. The Kansas City Royals. Kansas City Royals. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But that that Verlander, Grinky, colors. I mean, after it drops off now with a little bit different look for the for the Astros, but they're still right there, and they still have the bats that have done it before. Grant with a little help from some trash cans. Yep, but you you still okay. Here's the thing: even though you know it's coming, Grinky over. Well, that's that's crazy because I don't know if I would. Because Cole, Jesus, (sighs) Cole Verlander was. I pissed off Cole that he didn't get the AL Cy Young and <laughs> over a teammate and also didn't get to pitch in the ninth inning of the World Series. Um, I I don't care. I think that's how I put it, in a good way. Give me Verlander Grinky or give me Cole and whoever else on the Yankees. I'll take either. It doesn't matter. I think they're going to even each other out. you got two veterans that have been here and done it before versus a couple guys that just have probably better stuff, but maybe – you know, there's some some stuff there that might show up in a real pressure situation, um, and haven't necessarily won anything. But that being said, I, I don't think I care either way. Yeah. So you you want a hundred win Twins team to mm-hmm. prove that they are a number one, number two, yep. best team in on that conversation of best team in baseball. Yes. Uh, in order to get to that spot, I, I'm with you, but I think we need the the Twins organization needs to make another deal. Yep. Whether yep. that gets somebody that, and I don't know if you clone Odorizzi or Berrios. Mm-hmm. It, last year, I felt Odorizzi was was a bigger part of why we were successful than Berrios, yeah. and, yeah. and that bears out with an All Star appearance. But it, it clone one of those guys, and and then somehow acquire that person and put <laughs> them into this rotation. So you all of a sudden go, you know, a, a Berrios, a Berrios two point mm-hmm. um, Odorizzi. Maeda, Homer Bailey, or Pineda if he's back and pitching yeah, better. Yeah. You know, it, it I, either a deal that brings you in a second starter, a second level starter, so you're just like, hey, we're putting out guys that are good major league baseball pitchers, good to to good to yep, not very good. I mean, what's that step? Good, very good, and then there's great, and yeah. greats are the coals, and they're 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 out there, but they cost that much. And it, let's be realistic. I don't know if you're 
if Wheeler wasn't coming here, he wasn't coming here. And even if he was, he's not Garrett Cole. So I guess I'm saying twins need to find somebody that's on that good to very good level and be okay with that and say, we just need somebody that's going to get out there. That's going to hold an opposing team. Even if that's the Yankees that under five runs, and then mm-hmm. we just say our lineup is as good as our lineup is. That's the ball game we need to be in. Yeah. I would certainly love if we landed a DeGrom, a Syndergaard, somebody on that level, if one of those teams collapses. Yep. But I, I think more realistically, getting another, almost another Maeda arm type, and if that's a big lefty or something like that, that's what I'd love to see, getting us beyond that 90 into upper 90s, approaching 100 wins, and looking for something like that mm-hmm. in July. At the at, yeah. that's, that's my hope, and I think that deal then – kind of resets the conversation about do the twins have the pitching to match up against these other big clubs uh do they have the pitching to match up against verlander granke okay maybe we they're not the same but we've definitely improved it and we think that our offense can carry us in a battle like that yeah i think the last team did not have like a true number one ace that's been like lights out was kansas city yeah yeah where they kind of made it work with our ballpark's kind of different. We got guys here that are going to be really plus defensive guys, and we were here last year, and we're just going to kind of capitalize on that on that run. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that I am kind of like bummed out about, kind of as we close out here a little bit, is uh, with us signing Josh Donaldson, that takes us out of the Nolan Arenado maybe uh, trading landing spots. Where yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, just me being being greedy, I was just like, oh, that'd be so cool. Uh, but. Um, I suppose that's another talking point for like who's going to be moving. Yeah, Arnado because there was talks about him being traded too. Or looking so the to GM flat out said, "I talked to teams about you," and then he's like, "That's not cool, man." And he's like, uh, "Like we're the Colorado Rockies. Like we for some reason are in a big enough market where we should be sustainable, but we just aren't. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense. But we also have like two shortstops coming up in mm-hmm. Story and mm-hmm. Rogers that one can play third base, and I don't know what to do with you." Yep. And you make a ton of money. Yep. Uh, it would have been cool though to send like Sano and Eddie Rosario out there for him, but I, you know it's one of those things where kind of watering the bridge now. But uh, with that, any uh, last parting thoughts here as we uh, head off into pitchers and catchers tomorrow? Uh, it's just my biggest thing, and I, I should have mentioned this earlier. I still think that I, I said that we need a pitcher to get us up to that next level. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of this is also solved, and we just become even more dominant if Byron Buxton oh. is healthy and plays to his potential. Bat north of 250. Is it's all. The behind, and this is crazy, call me out on this if you think it is so much, but behind Trout, he has the potential to be the most dynamic player in baseball. And he's on our team. He's supposed to be mm-hmm. healthy by mid-March. Mm. And I think he could be another take this lineup and then add Buxton to his full capabilities. It's all of a sudden mind-boggling mm-hmm. in terms of how successful we could be. Yeah, and please, please not be chris archer the guy we trade for this year <laughs> yes. I, i'm so sick of chris archer rumors of chris archer's gonna solve our pro-. no he's not he's not gonna solve your problems he's gonna throw 93 down the middle of the plate and it's gonna get rocked <laughs> for some reason i just tie chris archer with like a late stage francisco liriano uh, just the right-handed just liriano the, yeah, 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 yeah uh what do you uh with that well like you said we'll cruise off into the sunset uh with spring training just around the corner and hopefully be having a little bit more to talk about as we as we get closer yeah. here and definitely a full full breakdown of the the Gopher Twins. Uh, yep, that February twenty first we'll game. We'll keep you posted on who is jockeying for position as the number two or three starter or uh, starting catcher uh, behind Mitch Garvsas. Uh, conversation about who's the number five <laughs> starter for this Minnesota Twins team. Lots to break down. Uh, and uh, yeah, 
I like it. I like it. All right, for Dave, this is Woody. This has been the Fly Over Territory podcast. Fly Over Territory podcast. Ooh, might have to edit that Season and uh, post edit. Season two, <laughs> episode two. We now can do post edit, so maybe that was a blessing in disguise. Uh, Till next time. <laughs>